I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I am Julio Gallarati, joined by my wonderful co-host, Francis Ellis. Francis, how you doing? You know, gee, it's good to see your face. It's, uh, it reminds me of, of what normal life is like. Um, <laughs> sometimes you just, it's been, I don't know, three or four days that I've been in the Hamptons and boy, you know, it takes its toll, dude, when you have like a 4th of July party weekend. Do you, do you yeah. feel that way? Oh yeah. I, I drank during the day on sat on Saturday, which was the 4th of July mm-hmm. and I have not, my stomach has like not recovered from it yet. Dude. Completely agree. I mean, <laughs> I, I found myself yesterday just longing for silence, just <laughs> craving quiet, unlike ever before. My voice, I feel like I want to, the only way I want to talk right now is as though I were narrating a meditation app. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. all I want right now. I want people talking in hushed tones. I know that feeling. I mean, I started listening to meditation apps on like day eight of my road trip because I was just like, I need, I need some soothing. My body just felt beat up, you know, dude. Exactly, man. Yeah. Meditation would be good. I want to be surrounded by people who talk as though they just witnessed somebody hitting their dog at the grocery store. (laughs) Like This is what happened. You're not honestly like, I just saw her hit the dog. You know, they, they talk in like (laughs) very intense, yeah. Pregnant, quiet, hushed, <laughs> hushed tones. And then they're understanding. They're like, we all go through a lot of things. Yeah. Depending on where <laughs> you are, some places are understanding. I, I don't know that everywhere is going to be like, well, sometimes you got to beat the shit out of your dog. You know, <laughs> definitely places where that's not the case. Okay, fine. I mean, though, in the, in the context of a meditation app. Check out like, Julia over here defending dog abusers, huh? <laughs> but they those those like meditation things always start out with like some stressful story, mm. and then how the host dealt with the stress. Yeah, like, true. We're all we're all going through a lot these days, and people just aren't themselves. You hear yeah. wind chimes, ding. Yeah, dude, ding. and also not to mention like you know, is is the person who narrates a meditation app actually going through a lot? <laughs> that's a good point. Do you think that person actually has like bad parking spot encounters? <laughs> no, that person lives on a mountain with a porch that overlooks a fountain and just sits cross-legged all day long, <laughs> speaking into a microphone for your daily ten-minute morning routine. <laughs> that is, that's, dude, that's very accurate. I wonder though if they got pushed, if they got pushed there, because I, I I've met a few of those kind of people who who seem off to me in a way where I'm like, it seems like they went so far over the edge that they can never come back type of thing. Yeah. I think Ron Artest is a big meditator. Is he really? Yeah. And that's a pretty good example because that guy's like three missed meditation sessions away from (laughs) going into the stands again, you know, at his kids basketball game. (laughs) That's a really scary clip. Yeah. That's one of my favorite moments in all sports. Yeah, if anybody um, doesn't know what we're talking about, 
when the guys ran from the court into the stands and beat up a bunch of fans. If yeah, that's Malice about at the it. Palace. Malice at the Palace. It's a clip I find myself going back and watching uh, every, every couple of months. Yeah. It's just amazing. <laughs> dude, so um, how was your fourth? Tell me what you got up to. My fourth was nice, dude. Um, I am staying with my girlfriend in uh, the, show, the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. And uh, they had a bunch of people over. And we bounced around to her friends' houses. Like this town's funny. It's like adult. It's like adult childhood. Like adults just are popping in each other's houses, uninvited, saying hi. It just feels like a very nice place to live. To be honest, I'm kind of like yeah, I could get down with this. Man, you know? I'm like telling you, community. It's amazing how much time I'm spending on the Zillow app. I already told you in the last episode, <laughs> just everywhere I go, I hit current location and then I set my standards to pool plus fireplace <laughs> and see what's cracking for under $14 million. <laughs> and it's quite a fun exercise. <laughs> well, dude, that is really funny. Yeah, it's, it can also be kind of like disheartening doing that because you're like, fuck. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Um, the, what, what I end up doing is I check, I always check the listing history. And if I see that a house has lowered its price, like 6% every four or five months, I just assume that the couple is either like in the midst of a horrific divorce and is trying <laughs> to sell it at all costs, or, you know, they made some bad investments and they're trying to dump it. And I'm like, all right, well, if they've lowered it, you know, 30% over the last two years, maybe I could offer them $14. Maybe they'll bite. It's all about throwing in the right line, you know? <laughs> it's the timing, dude. Right yeah. place, right time. Yeah. That's um, but dude, that's great. Did you guys, yeah. uh, you know, party? Did you, did you fireworks? No, you it wasn't do? crazy. It was a mixed, a mixed group of like people of kind of like our parents generation and you know our generation kind of combined um so it wasn't too crazy you know what i mean i probably had like three or four drinks which is still like a lot for me at this point you know what i mean um yeah. but it was nice to be around people like the same way that that kind of like mixed hang can be kind of exhausting where you're chilling mm. with like your girlfriend's parents friends you know what i mean yeah it can be exhausting sometimes but i haven't been around people in so long that it felt amazing it was so much fun i had a great time yeah um but yeah what about you well really quick when you get into those uh you know first conversations with people that you're meeting for the first time especially with adults do you tell them that you're a comedian no and i try to avoid it because yeah. it just adds so much more and there's there's a way where people can ask me about it where i actually enjoy talking about it Mm -hmm. But just kind of like the the generic questions, you know, who was your favorite comedian? Who inspired you to get started? There's questions that are kind of like exhausting, but it's, you know, I feel lucky that people are interested in what I do, even though it can be a little uh, frustrating. I try to avoid it, but a lot of the time here, at least like it's a small community. So people know about me already mm -hmm. just because they would know about my girlfriend's boyfriend, regardless of what he did. They know, they would know what he did. Already. I see. Yeah. So, I try to avoid it. It's not always avoidable. And then when people ask, what do you do? I have trouble ans answering that question sometimes. Why? Because, because it's like, how specific do I have to get? But I, I thought about it last night. I should just be saying I'm a comedian. That's the easiest way to do it. That's an easy way to do it. And that's what you are. That's how you've made your money over the last however many years. Right. Yeah. Um, so I do think, I, well, I think it's important to explain that like, when we when we talk about because I, I share a lot of the sentiments that you just said, mm -hmm. and there is a definite kind of 
I, I don't love having the conversation from the start of I'm a comedian and then answering all those questions. And it's not that I think what I do is particularly interesting or that there's some kind of arrogance in trying to protect myself from answering those questions. Not at all. Right. Um, it's more like the questions that you get asked so often are so generic uh, yes. and so kind of broad that it's very hard to answer them. Um, I find, and you know, like when some, like when you talk to somebody who's a doctor or who's in finance, you don't ask those people like, you know, how long did you know that you wanted to do that? Right. Or like, who were your favorite doctors growing up? Or, you know, like, what's it like getting up there? I could never do that. Right. You know, it's got to be scary standing up there. And how does, what happens when, what happens when the patient doesn't like the way that you're cutting into them? You know, like, right, right. I don't know. These are like the absolute typical questions that you're rattling off here exactly and and uh i just don't think it, i don't think that the way i answer those questions is particularly interesting to the people who ask them and um well, but how do you answer them because maybe well, i, I mean of, it must be interesting to them i don't know i i think i kind of just deliver the company line you know right. um oh, you uh, used to it yeah, I've I've got I've got a pretty rote answer for all of those things and unless somebody actually starts asking really interesting questions which happens every once in a while, you know, I'd rather shift the focus of the conversation either to them or to a neutral topic. And what I find very often is that if um if they've asked me first and I explain that I'm a comedian, no almost like pretty, pretty often, if I ask them what they do next, they try to like sweep it under the rug. Right. They're like, well, I do, I do marketing, and, but it's pretty boring. I'm not like a comedian. So like, and right, then they don't right. want to talk about it. And then you feel like a fucking asshole. I don't I know. know. Totally. Dude, no, I totally, I get into this rhythm where I'm like, I try to embrace the fact that I'm going to be doing most of the talking. Now yeah. it's funny because comedians have a tendency to do that in an annoying way. So there's this constant checks and balance thing that I'm doing where I'm like, am I being the person I hate? Am I being the person I hate? And it becomes this like weird internal battle that is yeah. very unpleasant. But that's, I need to like get over that. And learn yeah, you, you need to embrace it. I think, I think in a way, and I'm sure that people are going to hear this and make it and think that we sound super arrogant or narcissistic in the way that we are talking about this job. But, but the, the reality <laughs> is I am being, and I know you are too, being 100% sincere when we say that when we're at a, when I'm at a party, like I, it's, I'd rather not talk about the job. And I, I, I'd rather not, I don't think that what I do is so interesting. It's just, you don't meet a lot of comedians, you know? Right. Um, and the other part of it, there's definitely a, there's definitely a lack of self-confidence because I know for, I know too, that when I tell people I'm a comedian, a lot of people assume that I'm, an unknown, struggling, poor comedian. Right. There's almost like this hope in their voice that they're yeah. hoping you are. <laughs> yeah, because because when you meet somebody who's an actor, the only time you're impressed by that term is if you know who they are. 
Right. Otherwise, you like pity. Otherwise, them. <laughs> you assume that they're a barista who is right. grinding through maybe commercials, is sifting through listings on, you know, backstage.com or whatever. And grinding through coffee, literally. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, you know, your next question is going to be like, do you have a side job? Right. And you know what? it feels nice to say no because I yeah. used to have to say yes. That's another thing where like you don't ask a lawyer like, well, so I'm assuming you do lawyering at night. What do you do during the day? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. No, and again, these are all understandable questions. And a lot of the time, like in New York City, especially, you'll get this a lot. You'll be like, oh, my friend's a comedian. And it's some guy who definitely is not a comedian. It's a guy who like did a bringer show one time. Right, right. Like, oh, yeah. Could you give him some advice? And I'm like, no, dude. Yeah. Fuck your friend. But then every, every once in a while, someone will be like, well, you know, it's funny. You're a comedian. I, I actually grew up with this guy. I, he, uh, and he's I, huge. He, he's like the, the showrunner on, um, what's that show? Parks and Recreation or something. <laughs> and you're like, uh, yeah, uh, please put us, in, put touch. us in touch. Holy <laughs> shit. Tell him I have a huge cock, you know? <laughs> Did I ever tell you this? This is funny. The first... The first time, look, I had been doing comedy a couple months and one of my friends had a roommate who was a comedian. And he was like, have you ever heard of this guy, Mike Vecchione? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like I had no idea that he was like a seasoned veteran comedian who I would yeah. have been lucky to meet. You know what I mean? Totally. Whatever. Dude, the same, remember when we had Gary Veter on a couple weeks ago? It was the same thing. Someone was like, oh, yeah. um, my so family friend, I was just like, my, my son, my neighbor's son is... This guy, Gary Vita, I think he's done like Conan and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay, all right. I'll yeah, believe right. it when I see it. Look him up, sure enough. Done, you know, great comic. We have him on the podcast. Right. But, um, dude, so. Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris just asked us a good question. He says, do people ever say, tell me a joke? Yes, all the time. All the I've time. Got, I've gotten good at deflecting that. How do you get out of that? I'm just like, I don't really have any. <laughs> and I was like, my jokes aren't like good at, they aren't like good for this. And yeah. the probably just thinks I'm not funny, but I don't fucking care. I've had people like really push me and not let me off the hook. It's so frustrating. What do you do? Well, do you tell you, them? You kind of you kind of rise to their level of insistence. That's hilarious. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it you know it starts off playful, and then it's not like I get mad, but i just try to like explain that it, it no matter what it's not going to go well we're in a loud crowded bar like if you found out that i was a, a singer you wouldn't ask me to fucking start singing in the bar i don't think <laughs> right right it's, it's um, good to have like a good conventional dinner joke ready to go for those people no i think that that's capitulating i yeah, think that right, i right. think that giving them because no matter what you're not going to win all of a sudden they're a critic because they've put their 25 cents into the slot machine and they're now sitting back judging you instead of actually looking forward to laughing right no it's true it's a tough one to win it's a tough one to win yeah. I, sometimes i'll just be like you gotta come to a show yeah oh that's very coy that's very coy show. yeah 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 Whatever. um so anyway, my Fourth of July was good, dude. I I I have Let's so much to share with you. I mean, I feel like every week of my life right now, my worldview is changing so much. I feel like I've my brain is developing the at the speed that it did when I was an infant again. <laughs> Things are changing so rapidly. I just I just find that my like philosophies and and my direction are 
moving forward at a totally different pace. Um, and a part of it is the kind of lack of a home mm-hmm. that I have. Um, I think that my concept of home is is changing to wherever I am as opposed to having felt that my New York apartment was my home base for so many years. And I, dude, I, I imagine that's a big adjustment for you because you are a home, you seem like a home base kind of guy to me. Totally. I do much better when I, when I feel like I have a real home to come home to when I walk through that door, put my bags down and breathe a sigh of relief because things smell similar and I know what the water pressure is like and I know <laughs> where, where my plates and forks and knives are. All of that right. is what home means to me. Um, and yet I've been so nomadic over the last four months that it, it's, there's just this uh, sort of you know, kind of constant readjustment to like, okay, this is home for the next week. And then this is home for the next two weeks or month or whatever. Um, and so right now the Hamptons are our home. Uh, I'm in East Hampton. I've been here for like four or five days. How we long have, are you staying? What's that? How long are you staying? Till Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, which is great because, you know, it's one thing to be here for the 4th of July weekend when it's a fucking shit show yeah. uh, in terms of traffic, in terms of just, you know, go, go, go. Like, let's, we're not cooking. We're like buying a sandwich wherever we can find one. Mm-hmm. Um, and now to really settle into the rhythm of it here. And I got to tell you, man, like you start to understand why so many people buy houses out here. It's not just to show how rich you are. It's like, this is a pretty nice place to be. Definitely. Um, having said that, I do find the wealth to be off-putting. Mm-hmm. I find it to be uh, in, certainly in Southampton, like each one of these places, you know, there's like Southampton, Bridgehampton, Amagansett, Sagaponic, East Hampton, Montauk, obviously. They all have their own sort vibe. of hum and, and, and vibe and personality. And we were in Southampton yesterday. I found it to be a massive dick measuring contest. Mm-hmm. You know, who can, who can rig the most elaborate security gate on their driveway? <laughs> who can plant the highest hedges right. to obscure how big their house is while still leaving enough of a glimpse that people can be <laughs> no. like, holy shit, did you see that one? Right. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, of a mindset that goes into, you know, becoming a becoming a member of the tribe out here and you know wearing your white pants to the cocktail parties and getting invited and there's there's such a scene and i think for me southampton is a little too much of that Mm -hmm. that like if i if i raised kids and and brought them out here for summers they would just become fucking assholes (laughs) <laughs> Dude, they'd be they'd be assholes like they you they go to sailing camp and they'd be surrounded by assholes and no matter what i did they would become assholes all right you go out to a dinner and these kids are all on their ipads these like seven-year-old kids are on their ipads you know and they're just like checked out uh <laughs> you know and, and i i just i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm extrapolating way too much but no i understand there's definitely a, there's the thing about it which and i remember you know, I've grown out, been going out there for years too. Most like originally because I used to give less tennis lessons. I got a summer job giving tennis lessons, which is how I kind of like 
you know, I, whatever. So that, that that's kind of like the origination of my familiarity with the area. And I remember thinking about how I hated it because I hated being like on this hierarchy and being kind of like below, I hated being like a second class citizen, even mm-hmm. though I'm like, I'm still the, the servant who, I'm like the servant who gets to sit at the dinner table, mm-hmm. but still the servant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like so demoralized from it. 100%. And, and I've been that guy too. I, I used to come out here and tutor, like I would come out for a week when I was doing my share house in like Montauk with 16 of my buddies and we were, you know, fucking right. sleeping on air mattresses on the floor and shit. I would, I would train back into, from Mount Montauk into like Southampton or whatever to see kids and do like SAT tutoring and stuff. And sometimes the, the families would like ask me to stay for dinner. And there's definitely something about like, yeah, you're, you're, you're still, you're still eating with the family, but you're the help, you're on you the know, call, right? you're, yeah. you're, you're like the highest level of help. You know, you I would help, say like yeah. personal trainers, academic tutors, tennis instructors, all of that. Those are the highest form of the help, but you're the help. And uh, when you're not wanted, you're not wanted. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you know, so and dude, it, it, re, it definitely reshaped my vision of what wealthy and what money really meant. You know what I mean? Because granted, whatever, I know I went to, I went to college, there was a bunch of like wealthy kids from all over. But, um, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up, I'd be like, oh, you know, like these, these mega stars were like the people who were so rich and famous to me. And when you go out in the Hamptons, you realize that like those people are a step below the real rich people. Totally. You know, because most of those people in the Hamptons, you haven't heard of 95% of them. Correct. I mean, it's mostly just like hedge fund guys or like people whose family had a bunch of money, successful business people, whatever, all sorts of shit. But you're like, oh, fuck, this is money. Yeah. Yeah. This is crazy. (laughs) Completely. You know, you go to you go to the Citarella grocery store and you look, go to the prepared food section, you get a, a, a half container of chicken salad and it's $14 and you just like laugh at yourself. Yeah. What's Um, going on here? And, you know, restaurants where all the entrees are $35 and up, $35 for the chicken entree, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love how the chicken entree is always the most affordable. Well, it, it, and it, as it should <laughs> be, that or like the vegetarian risotto, right? Like those, <laughs> those should not be in the $30 plus like dollar 25 range. Bucks usually. You're just talking about rice and a couple snap peas. Like, get the right. fuck out of my face. <laughs> but dude, I mean, it is it is really nice, you know, and the beaches are super nice and it's only a couple hours from New York city. And right now what, what's happening is the real estate market out here has obviously exploded because, uh, faster than any season in, in recent memory, um, the rental properties all like got snapped up for the entire summer. And then in a panic, the super wealthy families of New York city decided, well, fuck it. We need, we need a place to go. Uh, let's buy something. And so now, you know, you look at Zillow and all these places, most of them have been just catapulting in price. And that there's, you know, there's really, there's nothing, there's nothing to go to or nowhere to buy and rent. And I guess, um, you know, you're seeing homes that were listed for like a million dollar home in Southampton is a crack den. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's a full-on fucking falling apart crack den. Right. <laughs> Former hair salon that like had a meth fire and you can buy you can buy the structure for a million dollars on a quarter of an acre of land. 
it's true so um, yeah but, well have you guys been going out to dinner or have you been doing it at home because it sounds like it's unclear based on what you've been staying kind of a mixed bag you know the first night we were here we didn't have any food yet so we went out and got like a light burger and stuff and, and you sat outside we actually sat inside really? um at a restaurant where which which restaurant it was called east hampton grill okay and it was good. It's kind of like a steakhouse. Um, it's uh, it's a version of Hillstone. Have you ever been yeah, to Hillstone in New York? Yeah. So like their ribs are pretty insane. And it, I mean, it's good. It was like it was good. It's just you know there's some very expensive things on the menu for sure. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast. I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running it's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Dude, so this is something funny uh, that I just noticed recently. My dad has become very active on Facebook, like very active. Oh, God. And he's, you know, he's a professor. He does like political science related stuff that's, you know, very interesting. And I'd like to think he's probably a pretty interesting professor to take class with, whatever, whatever. But, you know, he's trying to be pretty funny on his Facebook posts a lot of the time. And I know that there are people who are finding his post and thinking it's me. And that is like something that's <laughs> stressful, especially when he comments on my comedian friend's posts. Oh no. <laughs> and say, a lot of the time saying stuff that like one day he's going to like be borderline offensive or like say something that's like sort of inappropriate. And mm -hmm. like, I noticed he, he's the top comment right now on Josh Wesson, who's a very funny comedian on Josh Wesson's post. My Ooh. dad is the top liked comment. And I know <laughs> that a large percentage of those people think it's me. Also, there have been times where when I, I used to run a show and people would, would message my dad on Facebook asking for spots. And he'd be like, hey, you were like looking for my son. And then yeah. they'd be like, oh, good one, dude. Wow, like he, he pissed at me. They, they think I was being a dick. Isn't that so annoying? As if my name isn't hard enough, now I have a guy with the same name also. Wait, does your dad have the same name as you? Technically, his name is Giuliano. Mm. But he goes by Julio, same spelling. Has of Julio course. On Facebook. Well, totally makes sense. Is unclear. It's like a picture of him and Clint Eastwood from like the Wesleyan, uh, you know, commencement in like mm -hmm. 1995 or something. So it's kind of zoomed out, so you can't really see it. Yeah. It's really frustrating, dude. <laughs> would you Would you get him to add Senior Julio Gallarati Senior to his profile? I just wonder if that would even do anything. Yeah, probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Oof, that's a tough one, man. I don't really know how to, you know, maybe, maybe you need to tell him like, Hey, can you go explain easy? this to him? I um, because he, you know, next thing you know, he's going to get, he, he's going to get some, some, some girl who has a crush on you is going to like s send nudes or something to him. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to end up getting canceled by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the most fucking annoying thing in the world. Jeez. Uh, um, I have a question for you. So yeah, I've noticed this my entire adult life since I've started dating. 
And I wonder if this is a conspiracy. I wonder if every single woman in the world got together and decided that when they are woken up from a nap or from sleeping, when they answer their phone, they're going to sound unbelievably cute. <laughs> <laughs> I've never encountered a girl who's, who isn't like, hello. Hello. Oh, they always sleep so well, too. Dude, when I get woken up from a nap, I'm furious. <laughs> what? I'm like, why am I not sleeping? What do you want? You know? <laughs> like, what is it about that? It's really, there's no way that they're that cute. No, no, they certainly aren't. They certainly are not. They're like little furry animals. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's really a thing that I'm, I'm po- calling a red flag on. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure I fully buy it. Too. Oh, that's good. That's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, let me ask you this. Okay. So I'm no, you know, it's obvious because anybody who's been listening to us has seen that you've sort of been bouncing around from like different cohabitation situations and you seem to do really well in these sort of like group gathering care house situations. It, it all depends, dude. I, I think that so much of it depends on the, the place that we're in this right. place Everybody has their own bedroom and everyone has their own bathroom. Oh, wow. And having your own bathroom, full bathroom, makes such a big difference. I know. It just makes you feel like you've got your own space. Um, And also, you know, everyone in this house is making a good effort to keep the kitchen and the communal areas very clean. And that goes such a long way. When you're 31 years old and you're paying good, you, you end up paying more because you're like, I want... I don't want to be doing what I was doing when I was 24 and 25, where you're just economizing and packing as many people into as small of a space as possible. Sleeping on a pillow of your own vomit. Yeah, right. <laughs> to like, to, to, to try to, you know, someone leaves the screen door open, you wake up and there's 4,000 moths like <laughs> st- on the ceiling. And you're like, what, what happened? You know, like it looks like you're slept in a cave somewhere. (laughs) I hate that, dude. I hate those years of my life now. I have I have traumatic stress from remembering that. And so now it's like you gotta have high speed Wi-Fi and you gotta have air conditioning and I'd rather pay more. But the flip side is that when you do pay more for those things and someone in the house does not abide by the social contract of it, you end up harboring a lot more resentment towards that person. Right. For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucked up. Um, and, And also you end up seeing how like other people live and you start realizing things like, wow, recycling does not matter to people as much as it matters to me. Uh, you know, and, and like things like that. And you start to get to know your friends when you live with them for a week, you better, um, be very intimate. Yeah. And fortunately we now know our friends well enough to know which friends we will do well with. Right. So, you know, we kind of agree to invitations when we feel like the couples that we're going to be spending time with are, are great and sort of right. see eye to eye with us. And that's the case with the other two couples we're with here. So that's they're great. just great people. Yeah. Very good. Um, um, yeah. 
Well, dude, I thought of something uh, that I forgot to mention before. Um, again, I, you know, thank you to all of our listeners who are helping me on my road trip. Oh boy, we haven't uh, even talked about that. You've right. you've you've finished it. I've finished it, um, and it feels great. It feels great. It, and a part of me feels—I was saying this, to Chris, earlier—but it feels like the way that soldiers feel when they come back, where like <laughs> you like can't really talk about it because no one could really ever understand what it was yeah. like. Type of thing. You know, what I mean, there's like there's an element of that, and I'm not yeah. trying to trying to compare myself to a soldier coming back from war, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, but dude, our <laughs> listeners, our listeners really helped me with a lot of stuff. One in particular, a thing that I'm very happy I got to go do was I got to go to the George Floyd Memorial oh. um, in Minneapolis, which yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't have thought to do, which I obviously should have thought to do, but I would not have. And somebody yeah. was like, you need to go to this. And I, and I didn't realize they had like memorialized the area where everything happened and all that stuff. So I was like, I need to go to this. So I went and it was incredible, like incredibly powerful. And uh, what do they have? Like, what have they set up for it? So they've blocked off all the streets in like multiple directions. And when you kind of walk in, there's like a checkpoint almost where a person's sitting underneath a little cabana and they give you hand sanitizer, which is very nice. Everybody wearing masks, whatever. Um, But then, dude, I was amazed at how much people there were having conversations about race, dude. Mm. Like there's a a deserted gas station. There There were people sitting in a circle talking about race. Hmm. They were discussing, it was crazy. And then- Was it, let me ask you this, was the makeup of the group different? Was it like all black people in that, you know, or was it like a mixed group? Mixed group. Cool. Ages, races, very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, that cup foods or whatever, where that all, where that happened, where, you know, the cop was unfortunately, you know, suffocating this this guy, uh, this poor guy. Um, You know, there's all, it's kind of all memorialized. There's like a big, mural of george floyd's face and then there's kind of like written for an entire block sort of like every notable person who's been who's kind of like killed by the police Mm -hmm. or something like Mm -hmm. for a whole street flowers everywhere very powerful wow very intense moment for sure um so thank you for those suggestions because i wouldn't have thought to like specifically go to that you know right Right. Because once you're on the road, it's hard to kind of like process creativity. You have to like really commit to it because you've got, you've been through so much that when you get to been through so much driving, when you get to your hotel, you're too tired to really yeah. kind of push you through. You want to just like you kick get. your feet up and, and take Sleep, a shower. Yeah. You know, cause dude, I like started feeling sick at one point during the trip. For sure. Like, oh, great. Like, I'm like, you know, am I, do I have COVID? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Since COVID is every symptom, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. Fortunately. Um, so I'm like, fuck, am I sick? You know what I mean? So I'm like really trying to get my rest in and, uh, yeah, it was definitely a grind, man. I, I rented a car for like seven more days than I needed it for. I kind of just like blasted through the road trip. Wow. Unreal, dude. Um, do you (laughs) think you're going to look back very fondly on this road trip or, you know, yeah. what, what are your, what are your thoughts right now? It was great. I had a great time. Um, it was really, you know, nice to get some alone time and I recommend to anybody. I've already been getting messages from people who have kind of like done some version of what I, I did, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or, or mm-hmm. doing it right now, which I think is great. Give us, uh, give us the, the States that you hit, if you can remember them. Okay. Really so quick. I, so all in all, I think I was in, if you include, all right. So I started, obviously I was in Florida went to Atlanta to shoot my commercial and then flew to Alabama. And from there I went to Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, 
Kansas, Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, Holy shit. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois. And I think I went to, tw- I visited 26 national park registered units. Wow. Which I know we've, and at least one or two every single day. Um, which got me off the beaten path. Very fucking cool. Um, I'm going to do some kind of recap of it. Yeah. Um, and kind of detail that you guys will be able to listen to somewhere else. I'm figuring that out. So. Um, cool, man. But, what, what, uh, you know, do you have one thing that you can point to that was like your favorite moment of the trip or favorite site that you yeah. saw? Well, I gotta be honest. I think that uh, as a the- thematically, my favorite thing was just kind of when I would get in situations with like normal people from the place. Yeah. So for example, like there, and there was a lot of it really funny kind of things where you're like, Oh, this is great. For example, I stopped at this like little diner in North Dakota and just like, it was a very funny, cute situation. Like there are these three sisters eating together and they told the waitress immediately, oh, we're sisters. You know, you forget that in like kind of small places, people like learning about each other. Like, can you imagine being in New York city and being like, Oh, we're sisters. The waitress would be like, yeah, Guys, like we're understaffed. Come this on. My, this is my brother right here. Yeah, no one gives a I fuck. I don't know if you thought that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, literally. it's so adorable. So, dude, this guy walks in. This like He was kind of looked like, I don't know what he did, but whatever. He looked like he worked with his hands for a living. He looked like he had a very warm face, mustache, taller guy. And he sees they through him and he recognizes him. He goes, oh, yeah, Fran, I heard you. You uh, pushed out some neighbors over there. Like, I didn't know what he meant. And then they, then they started going back and forth going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, which is like <laughs> the stereotypical North Dakota, yeah, you know what I mean? like Fargo-esque yeah. dialogue. So I'm loving this already. I'm flying on the wall, enjoying myself. And then I found this to be one of the funniest things I've ever experienced. And it's very subtle. But the waitress goes, what can I get you to drink? And the guy goes, oh, I'll just have water. And then as she walks away to himself, he goes, good old water. <laughs> i was like that is unreal dude <laughs> what a surreal moment <laughs> oh that is that is as good as you prepared me to think it would be good old water right how so how cute is that man I know. dude i know yeah because in new york it's uh, all the water as he's walking away ah, fucking water you know what I mean? Like you curse the water. And it me- weirdly, it means the same thing in both places, you know? A hundred percent, dude. hundred percent. But, uh, you know, I had a great time. Um, I came face to face with the Buffalo again. I said, yeah, yes. it was on my story. Uh, it was just, you know, you talk about it for hours. It was it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, what a circuitous route you took too. It's yeah. not, uh, it's not exactly just, uh, going in a, nor- a natural progression of places. Um, right, right. Did you meet anybody that knew you? Oh, yeah. I met a fan at a, uh, of the podcast at a truck stop in Wisconsin. Kind come of like on. In the, in the middle of nowhere, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, wow. Did they come up to you? Did that yeah, person come to you? Yeah, yeah. Came up, uh, talked for a sec. Um, seemed like a very nice guy. Um, it was, you know, that was cool. Um, very cool. I'm glad yeah. we have listeners all over the place. And uh, quite frankly, doing this trip has made me realize how much we have listeners in different places because every place that I've been, someone's been like, Oh, you're here. Mm. Do this. Or most of the time it's like, are you still here? And I was already gone. Right. Right. <laughs> but like all over the place. So, you know, thanks mm. everybody again. It was a uh, very cool. Yeah. I've gotten a, a number of really great, uh, 
messages from people lately. People like the the book recommendations um, that we've given them. I'm reading a book right now uh, called the The Lost Weekend by Charles Jackson. I think it is. Uh, it was written in the 1940s, and it's just a a guy. Descri- it's a novel, but it's a, a fictionalized rendering of like a guy who goes on a five day bender. Uh, and he's oh, an cool. alcoholic and the inner psychology, the inner thoughts of how he justifies his drinking and sort of the, the thoughts he has about other people and his superiority and his narcissism um, are such a fascinating thing to read from the standpoint of like uh, addiction and uh i think it's a pretty famous book and i'm I'm really enjoying it i don't know if i'm going to recommend it as hard as i have some of the others yet but if you are into that sort of thing the lost weekend by charles jackson um pretty interesting read uh to shine a light on uh, alcoholic addiction very cool um any uh, any interesting uh, emails or? Well, dude, so check out this Chris. Chris actually, I guess the guy who I met uh, up with took a picture, or I know he took a picture, but I didn't realize he posted it. Um, and Chris says that I look like an Italian tennis star in this picture. I'm gonna pull it up. It's funny. Cool. Want to see this? <laughs> I do look. I do look like oddly bigger than this guy. Oh, this is with the fan. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> Dude, you look like superman look like the guy who is gonna play clark kent next chris yeah throw this picture in the youtube video that's great i love it Wait, dude. Friends, what did you just ask me before that um if you had met any fans or oh but i wanted to see if we had any emails or oh yeah uh, we actually have a, we have a good one we have a yeah. good one um okay. so the title of this is Sugar Baby Boy. Oh, boy. Which I was like, okay, daddy. I see, I see you. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Francis and Julio. I'm a day one fan. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Um, he goes, I'm a 24-year-old guy and have been in the workforce for a couple of years making decent money as a cost accountant for a Fortune 25 company. I didn't know that they were ranking by Fortune 25. No, nor did I. Good for you, pal. Yeah. Um, very good. He goes, recently I was followed by a woman on Instagram. By the way, really quick, really quick. If you're saying Fortune 25 company, that means you are the 25 ranked company. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like if you yeah. say Fortune, anything other than Fortune 500 means that the number you are choosing is the number you are. <laughs> yeah, I work for a Fortune 17 company. Yeah, exactly. Huh, Hilarious. okay. Recently, I was followed by a woman on Instagram and received a DM asking if I was interested in becoming her sugar baby. Being the savvy, profit-minded individual that I am, I thought about it. I treated it as a recruiter on LinkedIn asking if I was interested in a new position. Basically, she wants companionship and having someone she can mentor and talk to. No mention of sexual favors of any kind. The weekly rate is $500. I already make decent money now, but the prospect is intriguing. That extra cash could be freeing. Very true. Especially in uncertain times. Would I need to protect myself legally if things soured with this woman? (laughs) What if things progressed to a point I was uncomfortable with? I'm definitely not interested in her romantically and I'm trying to prevent some sort of oops that I regret and be embarrassed about with my family and friends down the road. Very fair. And he attached screenshots of the DMs. So I'm going to read these because I think that they're important. And I think they're, this is a little more sexual than he's saying. Hmm. Hey, uh, so, hey, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, we're not going to say her name, I guess. I'm a sugar mummy. 
and I and I'd like you to be my sugar baby so I can spoil you with my riches in exchange for your time, attention, and submission to me as my sugar baby. That's inherently oh sexual in my mind. Yeah. Where she goes, What's your say? And he goes, Hi, what does it all entail? She goes, Well, I want companionship to be your mentor and having someone to talk to and make me smile while I take good care of you. Well, there are a lot of typos too. Well, I take good care of your needs and spoil you spoil you with a weekly allowance. Yeah, well, by the way, the typos are a red flag. That probably means she's not from, from this country and she's a bot. Right. Or that she's trying to like scam him somehow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this, this brought something to my attention and we've talked about this before. How willing would you be to try out some sort of sugar baby relationship if it were to add, you know, say it would add ten, twenty thousand $20,000 to your bottom line annually tax-free. So, so the, the first question we have to ask is like, what would your rate be? What would my rate be for non-sexual companionship time with an elderly woman? Right. And what do you, and what is, what do you have to do? That's the other question. Yeah, exactly. Like, so if I have to just masturbate in front of an old woman. Is that cheating on my girlfriend? Okay. Well, I'm not even going there yet. <laughs> I'm not even going there yet. I'm thinking... I drive to some rich lady's house and sit with her and drink iced teas as she talks to me and we laugh together. Like just that on a surface level. Um, Or, you know, maybe I go with her as her wedding date to some kind of thing that she doesn't want to go to alone or uh, go to church with her. I, I don't know what the fuck it would be. Um, what would I charge for those things? And for me, it is not worth it for less than probably 500 bucks an hour. (laughs) I'm dead serious. I know. No, dude, totally. I don't like talking to old people. (laughs) I don't want to talk about nonsense. I don't want to talk about her ex-husband unless I'm getting fucking real money for it. And you, but there, you have to assume there's some element of sexual. If you're being call, asked to be a sugar baby, she's at least going to want to stroke your flexed abs. Yeah, I'm going to get I'm going to get sexually harassed. For sure, right. I'm I'm prepared for that, I guess. And if that's going to be part of it too, maybe the rate goes up. Presuming that, that this had happened when I was single, right? Right. Now it's too weird. And yeah, it, it, I would charge like I would charge like three grand for the weekend. Probably the whole weekend though, or is that just going over there once a day for an hour or two? No, like be in your company for the full weekend. Yeah. Like three, maybe three to $5,000. Right. And it's not because I think I'm worth it. It's just like, I don't, I'm not going to do that for less money. It's such a weird thing to me. But listen, man, don't forget, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about how you could weasel your way into the will of somebody. And this sounds like a pretty surefire way. Yeah, I know. And that will would give me her brownstone in Chelsea, oh, which yeah. is presumably worth, you know, seven or eight million dollars. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how many like weeding of her garden sessions I would have to do in order to get there. But you know, we're not talking about that frail old bag stroking my abs with her spidery fingers. <laughs> you know, we're talking like me spoon feeding her a little green sauce every once in a while. Which is nice. That, that a wholesome, you know, tender, yeah. Youth with older lonely lady situation is nice. Yeah. 
Dude, I have to say, and we've talked about this before with like the traffic intersection looking to get hit by a car thing. <laughs> As I was leaving the beach in Southampton yesterday, there was a family that I had watched come out from their home on the beach, on Meadow Lane, which mm-hmm. is Billionaire's Row in yes. Southampton. And I'd watched them come out to the beach that we were on with their massive German Shepherd. And they set up their folding beach chairs and an umbrella. And then they let the dog off leash. And he just was lying there next to them. And as I was walking by to go home and leave the beach, you know, with my hands full of beach chairs and umbrellas and stuff, I was looking at this dog, daring him to bite me, (laughs) hoping to God, just kind of like, kind of being like, yeah, yeah, you won't, you won't. Like, come on, come on. Just like a decent chunk out of my calf. I will happily trade 16 inches on my vertical for a $6 million settlement. Happily. Happily. I don't need, I don't play men's league basketball. I'll walk with a slight limp from the teeth of that German shepherd for, (laughs) you know, for, for my own Hamptons house. I, I don't know. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. Thank you for saying it. Someone needed to say it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. You're, you're staring them down. It's like dogs respond to that energy too. Like you can totally provoke a dog non-verbally to attack you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was trying to get in. I was trying to Jedi mind trick this German <laughs> shepherd into, you know, <laughs> source of channeling his ancestors towards, uh, <laughs> towards taking a chunk out of my glute. That was great, dude. Yeah. But awesome. we're always thinking of ways like that. Dude, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that your guy that me- messaged us, like, I think, I don't think I would, I'd, I'd need, I would need so much more info um, in order to actually go meet that woman. It does sound like a scam to me. Yeah. But I think that this is kind of the beauty, um, this is kind of the beauty of, like, seeking arrangement, arrangements, right? Mm-hmm. Like, some of these actual websites that have set up for this situation, I have to believe there's an an element of protection in them right right i I don't want to say it's like the airbnb that gives you insurance against damages but i i think there's probably a little bit more of an above board non-craigslist creepiness danger factor if you're going through that so platform so yeah we recommend using (laughs) seeking arrangements if you're looking for a sugar daddy or mama or whatever totally um, and with that, we'll, uh, let's wrap there. Sound good? Yep. Yeah, that was uh, nice to catch up with you on this uh, whew, deep breath Monday. God, yeah, the, more, the Monday after the 4th. Um, <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy out- yourself out there, dude. Thanks, pal. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you. I'll see you in a couple of days. And uh, mm-hmm. for everyone listening, I uh, hope you recover well. Eat some carrots. Uh, say hello to your parents. Take a few deep breaths. Meditate. Yes. Said, um, and we'll see you again soon for Moves the Podcast. I'm Francis Ellis. He's Julio Garotti. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>